0: Hello! Welcome to The Final Swipe, a podcast about healing our hearts and finding love. I'm your host, Nikki Novo. Hi! Welcome to another episode of The Final Swipe. I'm your host, Nikki. So, as we speak, I am in my car waiting for our daughter during her tutoring session. So I'm just letting you guys know because there are birds there's keys that keep moving. So you might hear some weird stuff, but hopefully you are okay with the unprofessionalism of this podcast um, in the spirit of being able to get you this info and getting it quickly and consistently. And this is just the way I got to do it because I got three kids, yo. All right. So today we're talking about how to attract and find soulmate love. Now, You know me, I love soulmates. I talk about them often. And, you know, I do get asked, how is it that we can attract a soulmate? And first thing we want to think about is why do we want to attract a soulmate, right? So a lot of people have, if you've experienced a soulmate relationship, you know, they're complicated, but at the same time, there's a depth and um, to them, and there's also a. Fam- I can never say this word, a familiarity to them, right? So, like, you just see this person, you feel familiar. You're like, I know this person, I've seen this person. I don't know why, but like, I just feel, you know, like we know each other, and for that reason, we. We want that kind of relationship because we're looking for that connection and that depth. And we think it's only found in these soulmate relationships, which is, of course, the reason why we keep going back to our exes or to people that we've dated before, because, um, you know, it's really hard to understand that we're not supposed to marry every single soulmate. (laughs) Uh, And for that reason, we go back. But So I want to talk about like how we attract that. And the first thing is really understanding why. We seek that in the first place, and it's and again, I teach this in my book, The Final Swipe. But it's really it's it's a feeling that we're going for, right? What we're looking for is not so much like, oh my gosh, I need to every time I meet a person, I have to go get like my cards read read to see if I'm you know with a soulmate. It's really that we're just like looking to feel a level of connection that feels very deep. And that's really what we're looking for. So we can toss out the word soulmate, right? We don't, it doesn't matter. And a lot of times we're not going to know if it's a soulmate or not. And unless you're doing like a past life regression. When I met my husband, I was actually um, in the process of studying regressions, like how to do them. And I remember I had been dating him for like a few weeks and we were doing a past life regression because we, we I learned different regressions. And I was like... And she was like, okay, well, you can, you know, decide who you want to see, what you want to go for. You can, like, leave it up to chance. I'm like, leave it up to chance? Like, fuck that. I am going (laughs) to see if this guy I'm dating, like, if I know him. Um, And sure enough, I was shown that we knew each other, but uh, not in a romantic way, which is funny because that's really how I felt about him. I'm like, I know you, but I'm not sure if, like... I like, it didn't feel like we were lovers before, you know, it just kind of felt like I know this person and that we had to develop like that lover type, um, feeling. I, I felt more like protected by him than, than necessarily like a lover vibe without (laughs) that being bad. It sounds like I don't have sex with my husband, but that's not the truth. Anyways. So, you know, like, first of all, like You know, we're not always going to know, and you're going to drive yourself crazy if you try to, like, do a regression on every single person you meet. So it's better just to know that what you're looking for is a depth and a type of connection when it comes to soulmate, okay? So that's the first thing. So these kind of relationships are also, you know... Not, a, I don't want to say emotional because that sounds um, chaotic. But it's like you know we're able to communicate. We're all, we're able to like feel the person. Like we feel like we're getting close to the person, which means that you're with somebody who has somewhat of an emotional intelligence, right? Like that they are somewhat self aware, and now that grows in people you guys so I don't want you to feel like oh this person's like not self aware at all or whatever we can definitely like create that space but it is important to know that like it is there is there are people that are capable of that kind of depth and there are people who are not capable of that depth, And what's re- depth and what's really funny is that you may be thinking that you're meeting people who are not capable of that depth. When really, you may be the one who's not capable of that depth. I, I was one who was not capable. In not, that's probably the wrong word, but I was the one who, in the beginning, was not able. Not that I wasn't capable, but I was not able to to go deep for a very long time because I was afraid and I had been hurt before. So I kept thinking like, oh, I'm not making any connections. I'm not connecting. I'm not connecting. And the truth is that like I wasn't allowing myself to connect. That like there were people who were more, I was dating emotionally intelligent people, more aware people. um, And I wasn't willing to go there. So the first thing is knowing that, you know, seeing, and you can kind of look back at the people you've dated before and seeing if like, do you typically date people who are emotionally available do you date people who are who are self-aware um who are able to to go deep and sometime or or are you dating people who like have issues you know that like don't um you know don't understand or they have issues you know everybody of course has their baggage but they have like a type of baggage that has not been figured out yet um has not been looked at yet not even figured out yet but looked at yet right because um we can have baggage and as long as like we're aware of it and we know it's something that like we're working on that's great. It doesn't mean that we have to have it all figured out, of course. But you know those people that like they start talking to you about like an ex and they're like still upset about it and you're like, "Whoa." <laughs> um and but they're not aware of it. So that's like what I, like you know that's just that's just somebody who isn't able to see themselves just yet or at least not able to see themselves in a very important area and it's probably just not something you want to get into, right? So you want to ask yourself like, okay, in the past, do I typically date people who are emotionally available? Am I emotionally available? And if the answer is no, that like I seem to not really date these people who are emotionally available, then you have to ask yourself, there's a few reasons why we do that, why we date people who are emotionally available. One of them is because we may not be because we're still hurt and we don't want to go there um, et cetera, et cetera. That that was definitely like my story in the beginning. Um, I dated like on the surface. You know, and then in return, that's like what I was receiving because I wasn't ready to open up my heart fully. I was very hurt from my past relationship. But at the same time, I wanted to remain busy and I wanted to um, feel like I was doing something towards finding love. But I wasn't really like showing up. I was doing the actions, but not necessarily showing up. So uh, that is something I was aware of. I knew and it was okay, like in, in a weird way dating and all that kind of, it soothes me at least. And it let me, it, it gave me a little bit of hope that I was going to fall in love. So that's why I did that. Um, but sometimes we don't, Attract emotionally available people because it could be something that we're used to, right? Like, so a lot of the times it could be that our we grew up in a home where, you know, it wasn't common to talk about feelings, like it wasn't common to uh, address feelings or only like certain types of feelings were allowed, like only happy feelings were allowed, um, things like that. And we might just not know that that's a possibility and we might not even know how to do that right so that's one thing and then another thing is also just not feeling worthy of of that level of connection so once you can kind of spot maybe what you are see if you can first of all you know awareness is huge it's it, awareness is the first step it's always going to shift things but secondly if you feel like it's something in your in your subconscious that's blocking you create a mantra, right? So start saying like, I am worthy of people who are willing to share their heart with me. I'm worthy of depth, or I am ready to start creating depth. I'm ready to start creating connection, um, to all of that. Right. So just making sure that you have a mantra to help you out in that, in that space. If that is, if that is what you feel you're up against, because you know, basic law of attraction, you guys, like if we don't believe that we can have that, if we don't know that it exists, if we don't believe that it exists, all that stuff, we're not going to bring it into our lives. But if you're really looking for depth and connection, you first have to be able to allow yourself to go there. But also, and we'll talk a little bit about like how we do that and how we create space, but also that you're attracting people who are willing and capable, right? Not, you know, everybody's capable, but like willing to go there. So you have to believe that you are worthy of that kind of connection, of that kind of person. Um, Sometimes we think that those people are like better than us. And that's not the truth. They're just a type of person. Um, and they're not better or worse. Sometimes they can be more work (laughs) in a way. Um, but you know, like that you're worthy of that level of connection that you can handle that level of connection and just making sure that you're, you're repeating mantras, um, journaling about it to, to help you to help support yourself in that process. Okay. Now, the other thing is, us, right? Like I was alluding to in the beginning that I was talking about, uh, we may, many times we are not the ones that are ready for that level of depth, or we don't know how to create space for that level of depth. And I'll share, um, I'll share a story. So my dating experience was like, I would date and I would date great guys um, many who were ready, you know, to to go deep with me and connect with me and all those things, um, but right, but I uh, right where I, we would get to the point where, like, kind of, I would have to truly show myself. I would have to show my insecurities or the fact that I wasn't perfect. Like that's when I would like that, or if things were getting hard or anything, like that that's when I would dip out. Right, like I I thought that connection was like this magical thing because I did have that before in the past that there really wasn't so much work for us to connect and that of course came because it was a, it was a soulmate relationship it was a past life relationship and it was kind of like picking up where we left off which Um, I know a lot of people that's what we seek we think that that is connection and yeah some of us are going to experience that every once in a while and some of us may experience that and not be it but to seek that I think is very um, misleading because it's because we create depth and we create connection it does it's most like, I mean, I don't have facts about this, but I know like based off all the clients I've worked off of most of the time, the the connection and depth is created and it's like a slow to warm process. And that doesn't take, that doesn't make it any less than the kind of hot and heavy stuff, which is very rare to work out. And l- like, you know, even just to use myself an example, and I'm sure you probably have your own examples, my hot and heavy didn't work out. It worked out Long enough, about a year and a half, but it didn't work out for partnership, right? Um, it. The, my my healthier relationships were like a de- always were based on depth and um, a slow to warm type of process So anyways that was my process right like I would really show up I was really good at like manipulating my own energy and kind of showing up the way that I want you know hence why I work with so much energy but like I knew how to show up in the way that I wanted to show up and I would show people what I wanted them to see um so I would date and like you know I would be like oh look at, you know I have this amazing job and um I have great friends and you know all these things and family and I would present that way and I was intelligent and I could I could intellectualize emotions like nobody's seen before, right like I knew how to talk about it. Um, and I thought that I was feeling them but the truth is I was just able to vocalize them. I was able to understand them and almost like psychoanalyze them. And that was um, what I was doing, right But then once there was like, anything required any real vulnerability any part where I had to like kind of show the person that I was going to mess up or that like I or I or even just like walk like working through things like that's when I would leave so I meet my husband And, um, some of you have heard the story that basically we dated for a little bit. I ran away because I knew he was serious. And I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is going to be the end of me. Um, and then whatever, we reunited and we got back together a few months later. And then that's like when we like, you know, we're, we're really committed. And that's, you know, when we were really trying and, um, I moved in with him like six months after dating. And that was the first time I had ever lived with anybody and we go to a wedding and it was my best friend's wedding actually it was actually the friend her husband is friends with my husband my husband and that's how we met so we go to this wedding i'm the maid of honor um the whole deal him and i are we're a new relationship so he still doesn't even know all my friends he he really just knows my core and i'm at this party we're at this wedding and my friend my gay friend but doesn't Seem gay, I guess he doesn't look like you know, and he's not like super open about it. He wasn't there in a relationship, and but we are like dancing partners. I'm so used to like rubbing up my ass on him because that's how it's always been. So without knowing it, I'm having a good time, and like sure enough, I'm like rubbing up my ass on my gay friend. No big deal. Like I had been single for so long, I didn't, I didn't think that that would offend anybody. It was the way that I had always acted, but I forgot that. I have this new boyfriend. His friends are there. He, you know, like, doesn't know this guy, first of all. He doesn't know if this guy is, he's assuming this guy's straight. And he's, in his eyes, his girlfriend, his new girlfriend, who he thinks so highly of, is, like, rubbing her ass on some other guy <laughs> in front of all his friends. That's basically, like, his understanding of what happened. And, of course, I leave the dance floor. I have no idea why he's upset with me. He's upset with me. He finally tells me why he's upset. And then I find him to be ridiculous because, oh, my gosh, it's my gay friend. Um, you know, XYZ. Super blown-out fight the whole night. I mean, it was awful. And, of course, it was my best friend's wedding, so it's hard to... Um, you know, even process that because I wanted to be there for her, and I, I couldn't because I was in my own shit. And um, so we you know, we go home that night, and he really still wasn't talking to me. He wasn't forgiving me. I thought he would just like get over it. That's what I was waiting for, like for him to get over it, right? And the next morning, I was like, whatever, this guy's not getting over, it. like f eh, f him, like I'm packing up my stuff. And I was like waking up. I was like packing up my stuff. And as I'm packing up that box, these boxes, literally, you guys I, I went and I bought some boxes i packing up these boxes and I'm like, I had this moment. I was like, I, I just, you know, I, I heard the guidance. I, I I, was like almost outside of my body in this moment and I understood that I could either keep doing what I was doing, was leave when things get hard, leave when, you know, they, 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 fo- they found me out that I wasn't perfect and uh, I didn't know how to say I was sorry, um, that I didn't really know how to work through things. Or I could do something different, which is called be vulnerable, apologize, like connect. Um, and I, I just chose to do, you know, I don't know why, but I chose to do something different. And I remember coming out of that room and just telling him like, listen, I am sorry. I am not perfect. I handled that wrong. I mean, he didn't handle it the best either, but at the same time, like I didn't under, I didn't understand him. If anything, I was kind of mocking him. Um, and I told him I'm not perfect and I don't know what I'm doing, but like, all I can promise you is that like, I will try my best and I will try my best. And in that moment, like that was when he finally let it go. He was like, no problem. Okay, let's keep going. You know? And that was connection. Right, we created connection from that, not from going out a bunch of times or talking about our, you know, our families or anything like that. Because a lot of times we think that connection comes from talking about it. You know, our as women especially, our go-to is to like talk through. Co- emotions and like i said intellectualize emotions and we think that that is connection and men are like oh my god shoot me now right because they don't want to hear that the over and over of the the communication it's really it's it's moments of letting down our guard and um and connecting on a on a very human kind of vulnerable level where it's actually like less words and more of a feeling and more of a, like of a letting go and of allowing somebody to come into our lives. And that is, that's how we create connections. And of course it's, you know, there's going to be a bunch of different scenarios for you guys, but I want you to, to notice the crossroads in your dating life, right? Like kind of what I was explaining to you that that was a, there was a split in the road in that moment of when I was packing those boxes and I chose the, the, road I had not traveled before and you guys have those moments yourselves and I invite you to like take that road of like I'm not perfect I don't know what the hell I'm doing I don't even know where this is going right like that's a scary part like I'm super afraid I have no idea where this is going I can't talk my way through it um and and taking that road and really like seeking those opportunities to create connection um to show yourself and to take the risk of allowing somebody to really see you and that's connection and that's depth. And and we can create that ourselves and making sure that we are um, leading the way because then brings me to my next um, topic is that we can either create space for connection or we can like some other space for connection, right? Um, and like I said, most of the time, our go-to is to think like, well, we can talk through emotions. We can talk about what we're feeling. And that is how I am creating connection. And that's typically how we think it is. And we think that because we're speaking emotions, we know what we're talking, you know, like we're being emotional, but really we're intellectualizing most of the time. So what you want to do is, because because in that moment that story that I'm telling you about Benny when I was just like listen I'm not perfect I have no idea what I'm doing like I'm so fucked up (laughs) um in that moment I basically was uh leading right like I was letting him know that like look what I just did um, you're allowed to do that too, and I and because and he led also by forgiving me, right, and showing me grace and and dropping it and not making me like oh, you know not over talking or punishing me or trying to make me to say sorry more or anything like that, and also you know expressing that like that he himself over not overreacted but like didn't give me a chance he was he was triggered, and um, he led as well, right? Like he let me know like he we were showing each other like how we can apologize and how we can connect and all that kind of stuff. So in that moment like I was creating space for and and he created the same space giving it to me back. But like I created space to show like this is how we can do this thing. So I led with with that. And I honestly Benny is more in a um, more maybe not now I'm sure he's taught me so much but I think that I would say in the beginning he was he had his his cards were way more down than mine were. So he, I, I want to say that he created the space for me rather than like me creating the space for him. So I, that's why I felt like somewhat safe to do that, but we can't always wait for the other person to make, to, to make our, us feel safe. Actually, Liz Newman in the first episode of the second season of the final swipe, she talks about like, you know, that she, there's a lot of things that she needs to do to like make them the first move because that's, that's her path. So just... Putting that out there. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, so um, making sure that that you're creating space when you want somebody to 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 show their emotions, to um, connect with you, to, to create zap with, with you, making sure that you're doing a better job. Number one of listening, right? Cause we, we have a tendency of over talking and making sure that like, we're not forcing the person to share when we want them to share, but really hoping that they'll share when they're ready to share. You know, and that we're doing a good job of, of listening. That we're um, we're not judging. That we're holding the space down. That like when somebody shares something, even if we think like, man, this person's so fucked up, or um, oh man, they're still hurt, they're still triggered. That we are still like, yeah, like I get it. Like thank you, like grace, like compassion, right for for this for this person, and making sure that we are creating space for connection that we are letting the man or the woman show up and like feeling not judged and feeling uh, safe to say what they need to say and to be like who they need to be that we're not pushing anything along that we're not probing um and that we're not afraid because especially when it comes from like women and men relationships a lot of the times when a man gets scared let's say and this can This isn't always. You may have seen this like in your previous relationships because this doesn't always happen in the beginning. Um, But towards like towards the middle of a relationship or so, like the man, you know, may feel afraid of something. You know, maybe they're feeling like I don't know what I'm doing work wise, or um, like just having like a moment, like not sure what they want to do. We women tend to place a lot of our security on on men uh, many times like our sense of security so like when we see a man kind of crumbling or not sure like we freak out and we think about like what does this mean to me and in that moment what we're doing is we're not giving space for this person to uh to crumble right and instead like we're thinking about ourselves in that moment so we want to make sure that we are that we are letting the person show up like as they need to show up in that moment that we're not um and also that we're not like judging them for it later like that we're not um that we don't that that we're not getting nervous when they show their true selves that we don't get scared when they show our true selves because they're going to feel that energetically and then that's when like We don't create connection, and that's when we, um, on the contrary, the person feels like I got to put my guards up again. So just making sure that like that's who you want to show up as, you know, like really setting the intention that that's who you want to show up as in those, especially like in your love relationships. Not for everybody because it is a lot of work to hold space for people, but in your love relationship because you do want to connect that you you do want depth. Um, Remembering that depth and connection and that kind of soulmate feeling takes time you guys it does like it it's again it's 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 not um hot and heavy that's fast and and close it's it's deep right it's like it's a depth it's like kind of going downstairs rather than like going down a hallway like you want to actually like go deep and go and down and everybody has um just because guys can talk about it and just because you can have, like, these conversations doesn't mean that you are creating depth. You're just talking about depth. You're not necessarily um, coming together. You're just speaking about it. So um, really just giving your like, having patience and um, asking yourself, like, once you start liking a person, you know, like, once you start dating somebody and you're, like, interested in this person, you're, like, I don't know, like... I don't feel the level of depth I had in my last relationship or whatever. Um, but you're still curious about this person. You like being around this person. You, you you know, like you're attracted to the person, the whole deal, really seeing like what you can do to, to like, not what you can do, but how can you show up to create that depth, right? And to have patience for it and to, to experience it rather than like talking your way through it. So just a reminder, depth and connection are created right they don't um definitely there's little magic that like helps us get close to people in the beginning and things like that but it's the experiences that we go through that end up bonding us like think about all your the friends that you have like your best friends the people you love the most um the people you feel close to and just think about um how that happened a lot of times is cuz even if when the ones that do happen fast, that there was a readiness on both ends, right? That like you were ready to meet that kind of friend and she was excited about you and she didn't feel like she needed to be, um, you know, playing it cool or anything like that. Like she just felt like I'm ready to tell you how much I like you, you know? Um, and the other, you know, and you were probably like ready for that kind of friend or sometimes, your many times it's like the experiences that you went through that there you know like you went through a few things you went through a certain time together um you you had events you had uh, moments together and all that and that's how you created that depth and that connection so it's the same thing for your relationships i don't want you to feel disappointed that the connection's not happening on the first date Right? that um, and that you have an understanding of like the difference between uh, you know depth and looking for connection and like what is hot and heavy or what is um, something that is different than the stuff you're addicted to. <laughs> right? Because sometimes we meet people and they're so different from like the type of relationship we're, we're addicted to, to, we're addicted to the, you know, guy who's like not available or we're addicted to the person who's not ready. And then we meet somebody who is not that. And we're so weirded out by it that we ourselves cannot make connection, which is what really was a lot of the story of my husband and I, right? Like I was like, this guy's ready. He has a house. Like, you know, he's like an adult. He's a man. Um, I got a flat tire on like our second or third date and he fixed it for me. I was like, I don't know. This is weird. Like this guy's weird, you know, and that, that judginess on my part didn't allow me to connect to him, even though he was, you know, good looking and like all the things and, and cool, you know, like had swag and just everything. But I was blocking myself from that connection. So just making sure that, you know, really not being so hard on yourself or hard on your dates and not seeking like connection off the bat and really looking at like what you're doing on your end, whether that means, are you attracting the right kind of people who are, who are willing to connect and are you willing to connect? Do you understand, you know, how you connect all those kind of things before like judging the, um, you know, before judging the date and thinking that like your ex soulmate is who you're supposed to be with. So That's what I want to talk about today. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, Oh, a few announcements, I guess, if you got this far. We have a new Facebook page. Yes, for the podcast. And I would love for you guys to join. It's called you just go on Facebook and search the Final Swipe podcast and it's free. We just jump on in and we'll be talking about all these things. I, I'm it's brand new, so I, I you know I'm still working it out, but I expect to be answering live questions once a month. So that will be fun. And we'll just have a bunch of like different resources and things that will help you along your way and I'll be there more, you know, which is I and I just want a place for all of you guys to come together because i'm hearing from you individually but would love to have you in a group so that you can support and cheer, share you know cheer each other on as you all find love all right thank you so much and i will see you next week thanks so much for listening for more guidance on your journey to the final swipe please visit me at nikkinovo.com.